Welcome back to Strive to Fi. As always, I'm your host, Joseph Hadaway. And today I'm sitting down with, I asked you how to say this last time, Kevin. Last name? Feig. Feig, okay. (laughs) (laughs) From walking to well, that's staying in. I'm going to leave that exactly like it is. As it should. It is one of the more different, my, my dad worked at the same place for over 20 years. And when he would call in for work and for shifts, he would say fog. And we would say, but dad, that's not our name. And he would say, yeah, but at this point, it's just not worth it. <laughs> I'm just going to go and just hop right in. I, I have, I asked you this before, but I want to get it on recording too. Um, Do you get confused with the Marvel guy? <laughs> uh, I do not. Uh, I, I think if it drives folks though, to like my site, when they're searching for, you know, the next movie that's coming out, that's great. Uh, but no, I do not. Your dad gave you the gift of SEO and you never even knew it. Yeah, he, he should have added, we should have added an E to the end of my name. That's the only difference. So that was, we 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 lost a, an option there that we should have taken advantage of. You never know what you have until it's gone. Um, <laughs> either way, Kevin, you have an extremely packed resume, CFP, CPA, Coinbase, Fidelity. One thing we're going to talk about, you wrote a book. Yes. And everybody watch, let's listen to the end because we're going to give away a copy of Kevin's book. At some point in the podcast, I'm not going to tell you when because I don't want you to skip forward and find it. I'm going to fight the marketplace guys who did that a couple episodes back. We were giving away something with them. And one of them chimed in and just said, or just skip to the end. <laughs> like you definitely view, don't want to just, you don't want to skip to the end. <laughs> like view duration isn't our main metric that gets uh, pushed in the algorithm. But either way, I, wait, we're already a little into it, but how you doing, Kevin? I'm doing well. It's a it's a beautiful Tuesday. What's there to complain about? Amen to that. First time I I can speak North Carolina at least. First time we've seen the sun. It feels like three weeks. It's it's. I'm in Massachusetts and we're in the 80s today. I mean, nothing better than some weather talk to really get folks engaged. <laughs> Everybody, comment down below. What's the weather like where you're at? Today? <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So getting getting into the finance talk, I gave you a little bit of a brief bio. What else can you tell us about yourself? Sure. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into, I'm a bit of an open book, so I'm sure we'll get into it. Uh, Yeah, I grew up in Queens. I'm in New Massachusetts, as I mentioned. I grew up, though, in Queens, New York, um, so just outside Manhattan. Uh, Father of two, uh, so I have two boys, uh, 11, 9. They keep me busy. Uh, First in my family to graduate from college. First in my family to work in corporate America. You mentioned sort of Fidelity, Coinbase. um, And now sort of, yeah, doing my own thing at Walk You to Wealth. And I'm going to say now, I, I sometimes hate doing these interviews where, where I've already read the book because, uh, full disclosure, I, I bought and read Kevin's book like a month ago. I bought it a month ago, finished it last weekend. Um, but I, I guess we're asking you these questions that like I know the answer to and I know what you're going to say, but I know the the listener at home doesn't. So one of those questions, and again, I know the answer to this. Uh, what was the inspiration for Walk You to Wealth? It's funny you say, so I have a terrible memory. So I may say something that's completely different than the book. Uh, so you, you can let me know. You, you're probably closer to it at this point than I am. Um, you know, the inspiration of the book was just sort of figuring out how to help people more than anything else. You know, the inspiration the inspiration of the name and the, and the company is a bit different. But the book just started as, um, sort of as, you know, I, you have all this knowledge, right? And how do you break it down and simplify it for people? How do you help people? figure out personal finance. And it started, I remember I wrote, um, I didn't even know what it was going to be. And I wrote, I don't know, a handful of pages. And I was like, man, that's everything I know. <laughs> um, and I mean, maybe it was like eight or 10 pages. And then over time, you know, I kept adding to it and adding to it. And eventually it was sort of the book that, yeah, you just read. And and my hope is it resonates with people, right? So some, I've read my fair share of personal finance books and some I've loved and have resonated with me. Um, others I know or have resonated with a lot of people because you see them posted on X every other day. Um, and some of those books I've never I've never read or I've never been able to finish um, because they just haven't resonated with me. So the hope is, you know, it's going to resonate with folks. It's definitely, I think, different than some of the other books that are that are certainly out there. It's a different perspective, a bit more personal, I think, than a lot of the other finance books. And I'm going to agree with you 100% on there. I, I've said before, I, I've read like the Total Money Makeover probably 10 times now. That's an exaggeration, but I'm at least up to six. Um, Dave Ramsey, I, uh, Chris Hogan, his Everyday Millionaires. 
and I'm not going to solely call out the Ramsey Foundation because I do think there's some great writers and some great books, but each of those you can kind of tell that like a publicist read through before it went live. And, and no hate on Dave or Chris Hogan, even though I think he's not employed there anymore, but it's it feels very corporate. Whereas when I read yours and I commented on my wife to my wife about this, so everybody DM her if you think I'm lying. Um, that you know, I, I it feels like a real person wrote the book. <laughs> Which again, that is no hate meant to Dave at all. I've I've got enough Dave complaints out there that I've publicized, but it, it doesn't. When I read your book, and even especially look at your context, we're going to get into that. Um, I don't feel like a publicist is staring over your shoulder and going, "Don't post that, reword that." <laughs> no, I know. So I, my, I'll I'll bring up my wife because she would agree. If if one was, I wouldn't listen anyway. Um, so it wouldn't it wouldn't do them any good. Um, so I, yeah, what you see is what you get. Um, it's definitely an honest take. Um, you know, I certainly had, um, you know, editors go through and, and sort of tweak and, you know, get another set of eyes. Um, but yeah, no, there was, there was, there was content that my wife um, cringed at a bit <laughs> and said, are you sure? Is this necessary? Do you have to put this in? Um, to which I said, you know, if you're, if you're not good, <laughs> so to speak now, uh, but she was, but yeah, it's definitely, yeah, it's personal, and it's definitely a bit different. My hope is again, it resonates with people. I mean, there there are a couple times, and I, I can't think of an example offhand, probably because I'm on the spot. But there were a couple times where I was kind of reading through, and I was like, "All right, Kevin, not what I would have put in a book, but all right." And and, and, that, <laughs> and that's no hate. That is just your journey is different than mine. There is no hate for that at all. And again, but I, I'm. I think yours is. A, we're not going to spend this whole time just hyping up the book. I swear, uh, but it's very fresh in my mind. Because, again, I just finished it, like, Saturday. and uh, Full disclosure, today's Tuesday. Um, I was reading through it. I'm so used to the corporate finance. Again, I've read a lot of Grant Cardone, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, The Wealthy Barber, which I know you were on Dividend Dave's podcast. He probably brought that up, too. And I'm used to that, like, very corporate personal finance book. And I read yours, and I don't want to call it an ebook on print, but... Because I do think it was more formal than some of the ebooks that I've read on like Gumroad, but there was that very much that personal touch which yeah. I liked. Yeah, no, I, it's again. To, to, I always, you know, it's funny. I was talking to somebody about the book last week, and you know, I don't consider myself sort of to be a writer or an author, right? I'm just, I'm so, to your point, I'm someone who wrote a book, right? I'm someone who has a lot of um, different experiences, life experiences, finance experiences, jobs, etc., and I'm someone who decided one day to write a book. Um, and, and I think that's why it's a, it's a bit different. Which is totally fair. I, I think that is a very accurate thing to say. I mean, that God, I, I don't even refer to myself as a podcast as much as I just a guy that, that talks and sometimes edits. <laughs> um, so I guess, you know, you know, get, getting into it, you know, what walking to wealth, you are a financial coach. Yeah. What, what, what do you do as a financial coach? Yeah. So I mean, every day is a little bit different. Every client's a little bit different. It's again, it goes back to sort of the same reason for the book. It's, it's all about helping people, right? So the world of personal finance can be fairly complicated. It can be overwhelming, right? I mean, what we see on X and Instagram, all this stuff, most of it's not real and legitimate. Um, it's hard for people to figure out. And so, you know, as a financial coach, you know, I'm able to sort of help people just figure it out, help them navigate through, you know, uh, especially from a, a jargon perspective. And you know, I always joke with clients, you know, I'm jargon allergic and there is, <laughs> I don't think there's a more jargon filled industry um, than personal finance. And so that's a, I think a huge benefit to clients too. Um, so for me, it's a, it's a big focus on education. Um, we spend give or take about half our sessions on sort of what I call educational conversations. So it's, it's, getting up to speed on just, you know, getting us on the same page, myself and the client, right? And and bringing them up to speed on just things that we're going to talk about, right? So this way, when we get into more of the planning aspect, they they already, have, they understand a lot of the terms we're talking about, right? They know what a stock is. They know what a bond is. They know what things that I think sometimes we take for granted, um, you know, having worked in personal finance and worked at big companies, you take for granted what you know. Um, but a lot of folks just don't have that background knowledge. You know, it was never taught to them in school. I always say, you know, you get to a certain point as an adult and you're just supposed to know it. 
like you're just supposed to figure it out. You're supposed to know how to pay your bills and, and how to stay out of credit card debt and how to invest. But no one ever taught you how. But you're just like, oh, you're 30 or you're 40, whatever that age is, right? You're magically just supposed to figure it out. Um, and folks, folks need help. Very much agree. And I, I like your point about the jargon as well. I, I kind of had a bit of a come to Jesus with that recently. Um, I'm going to call my dad out because I like doing that sometimes. Called him maybe about a month ago. And over the phone, I said the term drip and had to explain it. And in my mind, I mean, uh, my I'm sure, you know, you can relate. That is such a basic term to me. I've heard it. I can use it. I don't even think twice about it. But I mean, to him, that that was new. My dad's not a dumb guy at all. I mean, he's got his 401ks, investments, debt, and all that. And I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, that, that was my moment where I was like, ah, I need to reevaluate a lot of what I do and the the accessibility of it, to say the least. Yeah, and that's why, for me, I always start with the, the education piece because there's so much of that. And that, even with the book, I mean, you read the book. Like, there, there's just so much that, you know, I try to break down even account types, right? Like, like even a... Again, we take for granted like 401ks, IRAs, like all of these things. It's just jargon. Like to someone on the outside, it's just noise. And then nothing is named clearly. Uh, nothing's um, sort of you know easy to understand from the outside looking in. And the options are sort of endless, which is great, right? It's great from an investment perspective. But as someone who's sort of easily overwhelmed, right? It's not like as if you can go in and say, this is what I want to buy. Right. This is what I want to do. It's like you go on to whatever site, you know, whether it's Robinhood or Fidelity, wherever you're trading. And there's just it's just option upon option upon option. Um, and it's really hard to sort of evaluate what you're looking at. Absolutely. One hundred percent. And I, I'm also going to highlight here and I'm going to bookmark it, too. So when I go to edit this, I don't have to scroll through your Twitter to find it. Uh, you had a tweet yesterday that I, I really, really liked about a client that, you know, asked to skip the educational sessions. And you said no. I should say a potential client. <laughs> yeah, I, I. So, I think a lot of a lot of folks, and again, what I do isn't for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I even I even talked about I think at one point on on Twitter or X, you know, my the escape clause it's in my contract, mm -hmm. right? And it's a two way escape clause. It's sort of hey, after six months, if this isn't working for me, then I'm I'm done. <laughs> and if this isn't working for you, then you can be done. Right. And that's um, I, I don't want to work with anyone who doesn't want to work with me. Right. And I don't want to work with anyone I don't want to work with. Um, this is about sort of helping folks. And the education piece is such an important piece. Um, and the potential client I was working with, you know, I they used the words that I wrote my, you know, and on X, you know, they had pressing needs, um, which, again, I understand. Right. Um, but you're always going to have pressing needs unless you sort of learn. Right. And there's always something new to learn. I mean, this this world is always evolving, especially from an investment perspective. But yeah, you need to be able to take the step back. Like this is this is the program that I run. Right. And the educational piece, you know, it varies from person to person. Right. So for some folks, if you're starting at, you know, sort of a baseline of like, I know nothing like just, you know, let's start from scratch, if you will. I would say for me, it takes me about six sessions with clients to get through. Um, if you're starting with some sort of baseline, right? I don't know, maybe you, you, you know a bit about investing or, you know, you manage all the finances for your house, right? I don't know, maybe we can get through it about three or so sessions, but it takes time. Um, and, and there's something different about, you know, whether it's the book, right? Like learning from a book, um, learning from an online course, there's something different about being one-on-one, one -on -one, right? And being able to sort of ask questions, being able to ask questions that are personal to you, when we're going through, whether it's about investing or budgeting or, or managing your money, et cetera. And I, correct me if I'm wrong on this. Um, I, I'm kind of thinking it the same way. Whoever's listening at home, check me out on TikTok because I've been posting about this a lot. I, I've been documenting my entrepreneurial journey and it sounds very, what I've been talking about in terms of entrepreneurship and what you're kind of talking about in terms of education seem to have a heavy overlap. Because I've been speaking a lot about how I'm not making a lot of money right now. Um, uh, full, full confession, at, at time of recording, I've made like $0 in the last 60 days on all this stuff. Uh, so not, not a lot of money was no. an exaggeration. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, the YouTube's not monetized. The podcast isn't monetized. Twitter is definitely not monetized. I don't think I've tweeted in like three, maybe even four days at this point. 
it's it's tax season i'm busy i'm getting to it i swear but either way um I, the way i describe it and a lot of what i'm doing now is um putting in crap what's the word i use Ooh, editing me is gonna have a fun time with this sentence i'm put i'm putting i'm putting in the legwork now to create the systems to make money and make good decisions down the road even if i'm so much not so much making money right now yeah, uh, yeah, I, I always, I, it's your point. Yeah, that, that's a great analogy. Your business, um, you know, I always use reading. My wife's a reading teacher, so I like to, you know, throw the read the teacher's bone, if you will. Um, and I always use reading. Like, you learn how to read, right? And as, like, as especially as if you learned out as a child, right? It's, it's challenging, mm. and you figure it out. <laughs> and but then it pays dividends your whole life, right? Like you couldn't, you couldn't drive, you couldn't order from menu, like you couldn't do all these things. This is the same thing, right? You learn a lot of the basics and it'll pay dividends your whole life. And that's, that's what you need to do. Um, and that's why it's, it's so important. And I, and I, as I say to sort of the clients I work with, you know, a financial plan is critical and, and we're, you know, we sort of, we get to that with, with all my clients, but a financial plan is as of a point in time, right? Where the education you're going to take with you um, and your situation may change I'll, you know, you may have access to a new type of financial benefit at your new employer. Right. And then you may be like, oh, we talked about that. I know what that is. Um, and so it comes back to sort of, you know, help you in the future. I do want to ask you about that real quick. Can you talk about financial benefits and like education? Um, out of just strict curiosity, how deep do you get into that with, with a new client? Like, I mean, for example, does every new client really need to know about like RSUs? Yeah. So, no. <laughs> So, I'm using your example, but in your example, no. Um, so no. So I, what it'll do is it, it goes through sort of, uh, I'll say some of what's in the book, but it's more visual. It's more, um, you know, there are some memes thrown in there, as I know you appreciate, um, you know, try to keep it, try to keep it light and, and enjoyable. Um, but no, it's, it's more what would be pretty much applicable to everybody right uh with, with some exceptions right like i'll use a, a health savings account you may not have i mean now they're pretty common but you may not have access to a health savings account but you you likely do um you know where where we'll go deeper or not as deep are areas like real estate for example mm. right like where some folks are big into real estate and that's what they want to invest in it's like okay well let's let's go a little bit deeper into that um other folks are like here's the, here are the pros and cons and they're like i'm good it's not for me um, let's go down a different path. So, um, but something like RSUs that that's more, I'll save that for almost the planning side of things. Um, just cause those are usually very specific to sort of individuals. And, and I want to say we, we just did the thing. We both just said RSUs and kept moving. Well, that that's, that's a level two, maybe even a level three term. Like, I think even coming out of college with a four-year degree I, in finance, I couldn't tell you what an RSU was. That's something I've taught myself. So anyone at home listening, and I'm sure Kevin could do this a lot more justice than I could, because um, it's still, it's a gap in my knowledge. I'll admit, RSU, restricted stock units. If you work for a company that gives you stock, that's about as far as I, I want to go into that right now, because we, we could do an RSU podcast. Um, we could but but only only tech employees would be listening everybody everybody at apple would well no because they're public well yeah yeah no i think about that something like that like i'll use rsus to your point so you know i knew about rsus from i studying for my cfp but until it's like real to you it's different right uh it's like any like until you sort of it wasn't until i would say that when i went over to work at coinbase like a coinbase a huge part of my compensation was tied to restricted stock units. And so then it's real, right? So like now my view on RSUs, my experience, my personal experience is drastically different um, than what it would have been from, I'll say a, a textbook um, certified financial planner perspective. Which makes sense. And I, I want to jump into that as well. Cause again, we, we just talked RSU level two, level three term. 99% of people are never going to need to know what that means. Uh, but I, I do want to ask also just your thoughts on like personal finances. Our issues are relevant to you because you came across them at Coinbase. Would you say that bleeds into like personal finance as well? Because uh, again, going back to episodes, we had Nick Dunn on. 
and I have to redo all the branding for that episode because he decided not to be Gross and Average Joe anymore. I'm kidding, Nick. You know I love you. Um, but uh, we talked about you know, he took personal finance in high school, but because he didn't really have regular income and or anything, it just it never stuck. I mean, it was yep. yeah, it was Nick or Ethan. I think we talked about it twice. Whoever's listening to this, just go back in episodes till you find. Just start listening to episodes, and eventually you'll find it. Trust me. Um, I, do you feel personal finance like works the same way? I, this is a bit more of a deep cut and a little off topic. Do you think like high school personal finance courses would help our overall literacy, or is it a waste of time? Terrible answer. I, I it depends. Um, <laughs> that, I, and. That's the finance and, answer for everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and the reason, so so I'm a huge um, advocate for personal finance being taught in schools. Mm-hmm. Um, so so the, I, I guess, you know, I, I lean on that side. Where I say it depends is, it depends, if, if there's so many variables which sort of what's being taught, mm-hmm. right? Like, and, and how is it being taught? And is it relatable? Um, and and you know, I, I talk about this, you know, and I'm not trying to pump the book, but I'll go back to the book, right? I talk about sort of, various ages. Like I taught my kids a ton about personal finance at the ages of like five and seven. They, they know so much. I mean, they know more, they couldn't tell you restricted stock units, but they yeah. can tell you a lot. <laughs> they can they get into a lot of detail. Um, and so for me, like they started at five and seven and do they know everything they're going to need to know? No, but I, I do think that it's going to pay dividends for their, their whole life. I, I think what they've learned now, even, you know, now, you know, there are, um, you know, they actually work occasionally. I say work, it should be like in quotes. Uh, they work for a, a neighbor and they do like yard work and they'll, and the neighbor will pay them and they'll, they'll come home and we'll put money into their custodial, uh, you know, IRA account and they'll understand what they're doing and they'll go through the clicks of like investing. And so it just depends on, I think if it's taught the right way, I mean, not even just at the high school level, I think it could start you know, at the elementary level and through middle school, like you, I think you're just sort of building blocks, right? Mm. It's like anything else. It's like, you know, go back to, go back to reading, right? You read different books in kindergarten than you do in high school, right? But you start in kindergarten and you work your way up. Like that's to me, the ideal approach, but where, where it gets concerning is like what's being taught, right? And how is it being taught? And there's so many different sort of variables, but I think it's a huge gap. Like the education piece is, is massive. So, and I look at, you know, I, my kids go to a great school in a great school district. And I joke about this sometimes on X, like they spend so much time learning about shapes and I'm like, no one cares. Like no one's ever going to ask you about a rhombus. Like no one in your lifetime will ever be like, Hey, what shape is this? And you're going to be like, Oh, hexagon. It's a hexagon. I know that nobody cares. Like nobody's ever going to care about that. But, I don't think I've heard the term rhombus since high school. <laughs> just, just while we're on the subject, but I, but I think like you know, learning about, learning about personal finance and learning about investing, learning about the stock market, like how it works, right? Now, will it, will it resonate with every kid? No, but is there, are, are there a good number of kids that would probably take pieces of it and benefit from it, even if they don't necessarily have, um, you know, have, I'll say, you know, real money, if you will, right. And in second grade and third grade to be, to be doing things like investing, uh, certainly it, it means more when you're in college and older, but yeah, no, I, there's definitely a place for it. It's a matter of just as are the right things being taught in the right way, but yeah, no, I'd be a huge proponent of it at, at every level. Um, it's just a matter of just what is being taught. There's so many variables. I mean, we see this on X, right. There's so many different opinions and, you know, is, is the curriculum in the schools trying to sell the kids something in a weird way, right? Um, like Dave, I saw Dave Ramsey has a textbook, right? What the heck is in that? Um, so that's that's the hard part. Um, but if it's done the right way, um, I'd be a, a big proponent. This is actually like super relevant and I cannot believe the timing this just happened. Uh, so my, my wife has two high school age sisters. And part of like what's led to me this question is every now and then they'll send me math homework. And I'm like, I had, I remember doing that when I was in ninth grade, could not tell you how to do it right now, but this is like super relevant. One of them just like, while you were talking, sent me, I guess, one of their homework assignments. And it is all about how to properly save for retirement. Yeah. Like, like we've that's, got, yeah, we've got 401k allocations, employer match. Question three on here is what is safe Harbor? Hold up a minute. What that I'm just going to. I'm going to send that to Kevin and uh, 
if if he doesn't, we'll give away two books. <laughs> you know, what, you know, what, it's it's little things too. Like I remember my son; I think it was in second grade. But came home with like, um, and he's like, "Dad, we learned about money today." <laughs> And he was so excited to tell me, this is what goes on in my house in the second grade. And he, but he was worrying about like needs versus wants. And I'm like, this is like these, it's things like this, right? That are like sort of basic pieces of the puzzle that like, listen, needs versus wants should be taught to adults. Um, and like, these are the things that I think we can, you can start sort of teaching at a young age and bring up. I, I mean, that, that's awesome that she's getting those. Home. I don't know why she's sending them to you. If you're doing them for her, Joseph, that's a different problem. I'm not Kevin. You are, um, <laughs> but no, I, that that's the first thing they ever asked for help with that. I didn't know they were learning that. I just, I thought the relevancy was kind of uncanny. We're talking about the the personal finance in schools. As I get a, hey, what is the four hundred one k contribution max for twenty twenty three? So I I did want to ask this as well, just out of curiosity. What let's say uh, I'm some random guy. Uh, I book a time on your calendar. Calendly, I guess, is what you use. I actually did not research how you book clients, but I'm going to assume it's Calendly. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it, I sit down with Kevin, our first ever talk. What what's what's your first step? My first step is so learn a bit about what what they're trying to get out of this, right? So they they somehow found me one way or another. Um, they're here. Why are they here? Right? Like what what's the the bigger picture goal, like what what made you book the meeting? Um, I try not to get into detail in terms of their situation, right? I, I think, you know, talking about money, like I mean, I do it all the time. <laughs> and it's it's my job, and before it was my job, I would do it anyway, um, endlessly, as my wife will uh, verify. But it's a personal topic, right? It's a super sensitive topic, mm -hmm. and 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 folks are generally uncomfortable, at least at the outset. So. I try to keep it light in terms of just wanting to understand what they're there. Like what's the bigger picture reason they booked the meeting. But more than that, I try to give them, here's what I do, right? Here's what I do. And here's what I don't do. Um, here's the way the program works. Here's how much it costs. Like give them an overview of, of what they'll get. Um, and then see if they want to move forward from there. It's sort of then and after that, it's a, it's a quick sign of a contract and we, we, we move on. And you mentioned your escape clause earlier. I meant to say this when we were talking about it. I'm I'm a little mad at like how good of an idea that is, and I've never thought of it. <laughs> like, I, 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 I always I, I'm always mad that I can't think of a more positive term for it, but I can't. So I just keep calling it the escape clause. Um so I don't know with potential clients, I bring it up a lot and I always don't I don't know if it makes them feel better or if it makes them uneasy. Um, uh, but it's it's important because I so much of the you know financial coaching or financial advising. So much of it is, you know, you certainly want to work with someone that you feel good about from, um, you know, background, education, perspective, all that. But you want to work with someone that you feel comfortable with, um, and and you're not you're not necessarily going to get that in in the first meeting, right? And you may not even get that in the first couple meetings, right? Everyone everyone takes a different amount of time to sort of warm up and open up. Um, but I think you know, six sessions. Um, I'm pretty much an open book. Like it doesn't usually take six sessions, as you can probably tell, but if, if after six sessions, this isn't for you, then yeah. Or if it's not for me, then we should probably just part ways and it's sort of no harm, no foul, right? We just move on. Um, it doesn't have to be a messy breakup. We just, just, it, it just didn't work out for us. You know, it's not you, it's me. You know, we could just say that to each other. <laughs> Gentlemen's agreement and walk away. I, I, and I, I am going to spiral, you know, rant here a little bit. I, not too long ago, and I think I talked about this on a previous episode too, I, as you know, Kevin, I do a preliminary call with all potential podcast guests. And one person who, who will remain nameless I met with, who is also a coach, um, I asked him, like, you know, who who is your ideal client? And they said, well, everybody. And my comeback was, you know, well, you can't, you can't work with everybody. And the response I got back was, why not? And I'm like, all right, we're not going to hit record. <laughs> And that, that escape clause, in my opinion, it's, it's the ethical thing to do. Like, no one person, no coach, no advisor, nobody can help everybody. I mean, I can yeah. tell you there are a hundred situations I know nothing about. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's, there's your point. There, there are times where folks may get over their skis, right? To your point, just I don't know enough about X, Y, or Z. Um, but I think, you know, there are also times where it's just not clicking. It's just not working. <laughs> um, and there's nothing wrong with like, 
okay, so we, you know, you spent a little bit of money. Hopefully you got some benefit out of the six sessions, right? My hope is I haven't had anyone, I haven't had anyone pull the trigger on the escape clause yet. Um, <laughs> but, but it's there, right? Um, and it's there on both sides. Like I haven't had to use it either. So, I mean, you could, you know, we don't have to work at it as you're firing your advisor or I'm firing the client. We just look at it as we're using the escape clause um, and we, we just go our merry way. And hey, if it works, it works. And I, this episode might not, or this question might not make the final cut, but I do want to ask, um, I know you have the CFP. Do you work in the advisor capacity at all or, or just strictly coaching? It's strictly coaching. So I, I technically could. It, it's just not, I don't want to manage assets. I don't want to sort of, again, I think so much of it is that you can do yourself. It's just hard to do it yourself, right? If you're, um, if you're new and this isn't your world, you know, you're a doctor, a teacher, a lawyer, somewhere outside of the world of, of finance. Um, it's hard. Um, and so, but it's not, it's not so hard that you can't do it yourself. Um, and so I, yeah, I'd rather not um, manage your assets and, and take your 1%. Um, some <laughs> folks, I know there's, you know, that heated debate on X about fees and how financial planners get paid. And it, it gets, it's like, everyone gets paid differently. For me, the biggest thing, and I tell clients this all the time, you want to work with someone that you that you know is qualified. They're qualified to do the job, right? Um, you also want to know how are they getting paid, right? If they're getting paid 1% of your assets and you feel comfortable with that because they're managing your assets and you don't want to think about it, then then work with them. Yeah. If they're, now, if they're selling you products potentially and earning commissions, right, you want to know about that because maybe those products are not in your best interest. Um, if they're you know, if they're getting paid in some other indirect way, like you just want to understand how how are they getting compensated? Um, and so it's not that one's right or wrong. And that's one of the things going back to your question earlier, Joseph, on sort of what I do in one of those in the in the first meeting. Part of that intro meeting is like, hey, here's coaching, here's advising. Like I'm in this lane and here's what this means. This is the other lane. And this is like if you go down this path, it, one's not good, one's not bad. They're different, right? Um, and they're for different people, in my opinion. Um, and so it's a matter of just, you know, which path do you want to take? Out of, out of curiosity, because I know I get this, these kind of questions a lot. Do you get a lot of like advisor questions? Because I, I get a lot of people I'll sit down with like our first free introductory call and they'll be like, yeah, I, I just need help picking the mutual funds in my 401k. Uh, I, don't, I'll, I don't touch it. <laughs> I, I, will, I will sometimes get, I had one potential client um, that was like, I, you know, I have, I think it was 20,000 was the amount. It's like, I have $20,000. Um... And I just, I just need to know what to do with it. And I was like, I, well, I don't like, I, that's such a big question. Like, what do you, what do you want to do with it? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, or do you want to invest? Are you buying a house soon? Like what, you know what I mean? Like, that's not a question you you're answering in a 30 minute intro session. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's funny. I had, I had somebody ask me sort of, you know, where the line is. And to your point, um, you know, I've gone through with folks like, here's your retirement account. And here, here are the different funds you have access to. And here's the way you want to look at those funds. you right. And here's, here's where I would put my money, but like, I'm not you. Right. So like, <laughs> then we have to think about like, why are we different? What's your risk tolerance? All those things. But you know, so much of this is in my opinion, psychological, right? Mm -hmm. Like you need to, you need the education. You need to understand how things work and real estate and stocks and bonds and all that stuff. But so much of it's psychological. So much of it is, um, the, you know, the education piece plus having someone that's sort of an accountability partner, right? That's going to sort of keep you honest in terms of what you're trying to do. If you're trying to pay off credit card debt or you're trying to save for a house or like having someone that's outside looking in, that's like, well, are you doing it? Like, did you do it? Let's, you know, when we, as we're checking in, you know, every month. Which I, I mean, right there it is exactly what I say. The exact gap in my opinion, like coaching feel or feels, excuse me. But moving on from just the personal finance talk, of course, on the side of being a coach, personal finance expert, finfluencer, I hate that word, but I'm always going to throw it out. Um, you are, you are also growing a business, uh, a business with some high quality merch, may I add. Uh, well, let me first say finfluencer makes me cringe. Okay, thank uh God. <laughs> So every time I every sometimes I say that on the podcast because I don't like the word finfluencer. The response I get back is why. 
But yeah, you were saying I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. So yeah, Finfluencer makes me cringe. Um, I would say, yeah, for me, you mentioned the merch. Yeah, so the merch is when I, I moved over to a new site and I mistakenly told my children that I had the ability on this site to set up a merch store. And they're like, you have to sell merch. And I was like, I'm no one's buying this merch and nor 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 do, do I care to sell merch, right? So I mean, everything that's on there for, is are things that my children were like, let's make a mouse pad. And I was like, sure, just know you guys are the only guys are the only two people that are gonna buy this mouse pad. And everything is, I think I make like 10 cents on each of those sales. Like they're priced literally as low as they can possibly be. Uh, because again, it was literally built just because I have children and they're overly involved in walking the walk. Which, which speaking of which, uh, my wife wants to have a talk with you because uh, <laughs> I added your coffee mug to my Christmas list. And she gave me, she gave me the, who the heck is this guy? I'm like, you, you just got to trust me, babe. You just got to trust me. <laughs> my, my kids will be excited. You'll the 10 cents. So I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, it's on me. See, <laughs> see, there we go. I, I just got to tell her that it's not for me. It's to make Kevin's kids happy. <laughs> and then, They'll be so excited with a, with a purchase from the merch store. I mean, I don't know if she listens to these episodes or not. I guess we're about to find out because I'm going to call out my wife. She's She likes Instagram. She likes Facebook. But she's very, like, connected with, like, her family and, like, close friends. So when I tell her that, like, hey, I have these people that I've met through the internet, she can't wrap her mind around it. Like, Tom, the savings captain, I'm trying to organize an episode with him. And he only lives, like, two hours from me. So we're talking about going to his house. And she can't wrap her mind around there is this person that I've met online that I would consider myself at least somewhat friends with. So when I tell her, like, I want the walkie to wealth, even when I told her I wanted the book, I got who's Kevin, not this guy from Twitter. <laughs> well, I, I did meet Tom, just so you know, I, I was on with Tom, I think it was last week, you know, two weeks ago, I don't remember. But um, let me know, what, like, it, I would say don't go to his house. Is what I the advice I would give you, uh, and, and and the reason being, listen, I love the, the savings captain, and hopefully Tom listens to this because I met with Tom, did his podcast, he never turned his camera on, and I thought that was a str- it was odd, so I didn't get to even see the savings captain, so I was a little upset by it. Oh, what you're good? Okay, so uh, again to date this, I have a video going up Friday with Tom, and he turned his camera on for me. Uh, you know what? I was, we were chatting. I had my camera on and then he was like, I'm going to hit record. And then, and that was it. And it was just, it was just a black screen. I was just talking to myself. I guess to be fair, I think he is an audio only podcast. So if I go to his house, I'll text you pictures, let you know how nice it is. <laughs> we'll sil- we'll silently judge him. <laughs> getting, getting back in line though, you are, you are an entrepreneur outside of a financial coach. You're growing your business. Let's start here. How how are you doing it? Other than you mentioned this, I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on it. I think you're the meme the meme king of Fintwit or FinX, whatever you're calling us now. Is it just memes or what else you got going on? Yeah, so I I mean the social media sort of piece, if you will, and mostly for me, it's 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 X. Um, you know, I, I if I didn't have a business, I would never be on social media, uh, which is probably evident from some of my tweets. <laughs> That's probably but, evident. I, I'm the same way, and that's probably evident for me. Like, I'll just not tweet for a couple weeks. It's I, tr- n- I, tr- I try to be consistent, but I, I'm generally on, and then I'm off, um, and then I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not there for the eight hours a day, um, like a lot of other folks. But for me, yeah, certainly, you know, I, I think. But if you're gonna have a business, I think yeah, you need to have a, some sort of a social presence, right? So that's that's what I'm doing. I, I do enjoy X, and to your point, I think I think on X there's more folks like yourself or Tom, right? Folks where that you feel like you, you know, a little bit, um, which is strange. Like my kids will ask me a question about Mike Sharp and I'm like, why are we talking about Mike Sharp? Like, I don't even know Mike Sharp. I've never met Mike Sharp. Um, but you do. Yeah. X is a little bit different. Um, in terms of growing elsewhere, I I've experimented with like some Google ads in terms of just driving, um, you know, driving traffic, if you will, to my site, I'm actually experimenting with them. This is only my second week. Um, so things like that to see, like, you know, how do you, how do you just push traffic? How do you find clients? What's been beneficial for me from at least a, a client perspective. So, um, I, I partnered maybe like a, a couple months ago now, uh, with wealth ramp. So wealth ramp is sort of like, a 
financial advising matching service. Um, it's sort of one of the more you know, prevalent and popular services. Um, so it's primarily sort of, I'll say your traditional financial advisors, right? Going back to what you said, I think I was their, um, I think I was their first coach on their platform. Um, so Pam Kruger is their, their CEO. Um, Pam and I had a good conversation and then she was like, you know, tip, it was like one of these that you'll, I think, appreciate. It was like, well, we don't have coaches on the platform. And then during our conversation, I said something about being a CFP and she's like, you're a CFP. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. I was like, well, if we're going to talk about certifications, I can give you a laundry list um, <laughs> of other ones. And so, you know, and, and that certainly helps, right? It helps because as, as you know, I mean, you know, part of the, part of the business is like, you know, it's like what you see on, on social media, like anyone can call themselves a coach. Anyone can you know, all of a sudden have this title. And so WealthRamp has been like sort of a critical partner and it's a win for them as well, right? They have, you inevitably, I think a lot of folks get into the business, whether it's financial advising, coaching, whatever, but this world for the right reasons, right? I think they get into it to try to try to help people. I, I think inevitably what you see in the business is the, the top X percent are the people that wind up getting a lot of the help. Um, and then there's a lot of asset minimums, income minimums that a lot of folks can't meet. And so it's hard to work with someone who's qualified, but there are a lot of those people out there. They're looking for help. They're looking for guidance and they can't meet, you know, a $500,000 or, or a million dollar asset minimum. And so, you know, for those folks, at least that are going through like a welfare process, those folks will then get matched with me they funnel over and then we have those intro meetings. So maybe I need to give wealth ramp a call then. Wait a minute. <laughs> I, I say that uh, you have the whole alphabet after your name. I very much do not. <laughs> I have two, I have too many letters after my name. I've let, yeah, it's, it's, it goes on and on. I've, I've completed the CFP education course. I'll never get the letters though. Uh, my I've talked about this a few times before. My nine to five, since I don't work with individuals, I only work with like companies as a whole, does not qualify as work experience. So I've got I've got the education. I would have to sit for the exam, but yeah, I'll, I'll never get the letters. Yeah, don't sit for the exam if you're not getting the letters. <laughs> That's exactly, at one point I honestly considered it, but I was like, oh, this is like $2,000 or something that doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's, it's an undertaking. It wasn't to me, it wasn't as bad as the CPA, but it was because at least the content's more interesting. Like the CPA was like, I was an accounting major. So you're just kind of doing it. Like I was told to do this. So you just like study and you're, I mean, I wanted nothing to do with accounting. Um, I still want nothing to do with accounting. So it's, it's, it, but the CFP was certainly still difficult, but a little bit more enjoyable. The content's a little bit more relevant, interesting. So as someone with both the CFP and the CPA, we have the finance majors where I went to college, we had a motto and I want to see if you agree with it or not. We all said that we were finance majors because accounting was too hard. I would, I, I, I don't know if it's too hard. It's too boring. I would say. So it's funny. The reason a quick, I did, we'll get on a side story here. So I was a, a business school. So I went to Fairfield university I was business school. I was undecided. And I was, I was at school for, I don't know, maybe a month or two months. And I'd taken a couple classes here and there. I took accounting classes, right? And finance and all this stuff. And get, declaring your major was like a to-do. And for me, like to-do. Like I, I like things to be as easy as possible. It was like getting two signatures at the end of the day. <laughs> but it, it, felt, it felt like a, a big process. And I was literally on my way back from an, an accounting class. This is a true story. And in, I, had, I cut through like the, the campus center. And there was like... Uh, something like a, almost like a career fair, business fair, whatever going on. And they're like, there was like a stand, almost like a kiosk at the mall. And it was like, you could declare your major here. And I was like, oh, great. Let me just go get this over with. And I had just come from an accounting class and they're like, declare your major. I was like, I don't know, I'll just do accounting. And, and I remember on the sheet, it was like almost like an index card. Um, and it was like, why do you want to do this major? And I literally wrote down, I love accounting. <laughs> and I was like, no one's ever going to actually. And the woman just signed it. And she's like, you're good. And then I never changed it. And I should have changed it, um, but I, it just was what it was. And so I graduated and I did the traditional big four public accounting. I worked at KPMG for a couple of years um, before I moved over to Fidelity. And um, it was interesting in the sense of the clients I had had nothing to do with financial services, um, which was interesting to see. And I, I had no 
I really had no knowledge of financial services. Might as well you learn in college, but a lot of that is, you know, somewhat irrelevant mm-hmm. to the real world. Um, and so, yeah, it was definitely a, a different choice, but I did, yeah, I did the CPA and it was a, it was a slog to get through. Um, but I did it, but that's not, it was never, I never was an accountant by trade by nature. Um, so yeah, I don't know if it's harder. It's definitely, it's definitely more boring. I definitely feel, I'm just going to say, I feel you, I feel you on that. Um, I think very similar. I had my first couple of years of college, my first couple of accounting courses, never took another one. I have no interest <laughs> in taking another one. And I'm also like, what weird to hear you're picking a major story is much different than mine. Um, because I, I was a music performance major. Huh. And one day I got so, I had a talk with my advisor in the college of music about how much money I'd make out of college. And he was like, if you're lucky, 30,000 doing retail management. And I was like, oh, okay. So that made me so like unhappy for the future. I walked into the next building over, which was the engineering building and attempted to change my major. But the advisor had gone home for the day because I think her son broke his arm or something. Something with her kids. Something like tragic with her kids. Not death tragic, but an accident. You get, you get what I mean. Um, that's going to be fun to edit. And then <laughs> because they weren't there, I walked to the next building over, which was the college of business. Said, I want to change my major. And they said, what do you want to do? And I said, what pays the best? And then three years later, I had a degree in finance. <laughs> Yeah. And that's, and that's, it's, it is a tough, like my kids aren't at that age yet, but it is, it is a tough one in the sense of like, do you, and I've seen this with, with other um, folks where like they push their kids into different careers because it was like, oh, it's, it's either a safe career, right? Like go be an accountant um, or it's a high paying career, you know, go be an engineer um, or whatever, you know, you pick or like the, the whole, you know, do what you love, but you'll never make a dollar. <laughs> like that's not great either. It is tough. Like when we get, like, my hope is, you know, I'm a big believer in, you know, not necessarily do what you love, do what you're really good at. Right. Like, and that to me is a little bit different. So like my, I'll use my kids, like my kids, um, my kids are gifted from a sort of a, I'll, I'll say verbally in the sense that they never stop talking. I mean, my kids record their own podcast in my basement, um, where it's just the two of them and they only get sent to my brother who listens to them religiously. Um, and he loves them. Can we find it online? No, we cannot find it. It's not from uh, published online. I would have just sent it to my brother and then he sends back comments and they, they're in heaven. Um, but they'll go down there for like, you know, 45 minutes, an hour. They have their sound effects machine. They're probably, they're just, and they're just talking. It's what they do. And that's like, that's their strength. So now I don't know what they'll do when they grow up, right? But they need to tap into like this, right? Um, they're like, they're big readers. They're big talkers. Like the, the whole verbal language, all that stuff is their, it's their natural sort of gifts. Now, you know, fractions, math, not their, not their thing. Right. So it's like, well, okay, let's figure out like what you can do. Um, that's going to be sort of the right sweet spot. Like they have huge imaginations too. I mean, again, they could talk about, it's a podcast about like imaginary things that are going on. Um, and it's, and it, they'll talk about it for 45 minutes. Like it's all real and happening right in front of them. And it's unbelievable. And they have such a gift, but it's, it's a matter of how do you sort of match those things up? So I'm not a big, like do what you love. I'm not a big force them into acts. Right. I'm a, I'm trying to figure out like what do you do better than everybody else just naturally and go and do that. I will say two comments. Number one, uh, the kids podcast is not in the book or at least if it was, <laughs> I didn't find it. Um, so uh, if you buy the book, don't be looking for that. And then number two, wait a minute. Do your, do your kids have like a higher budget, more professional podcast than I do? Cause I, I don't even have a green screen, but they have a sound effect machine. <laughs> so my, my brother bought them the sound effect machine. And it's so it, what was funny is my, my brother recently, luckily my kids will not listen to this because otherwise this will give away a surprise present for them for their birthdays coming up. Um, on the podcast, apparently, I haven't listened to the latest episode. My brother did. And my brother said, he goes, they, they basically are asking for donations for, <laughs> for a new microphone. So they need a new mic. So yeah, so they're upgrading their studio as we speak or asking for donations. So my brother's willing to now now um, go in for a new mic for them as well. Two questions. Number one, <laughs> do they have a Patreon? They do not. Uh, well, there goes that. Number two, how many walkie to wealth mouse pads until we can get them a new mic? <laughs> <laughs> too, too many, too many. Same with the book. Like it's funny. I think people think sometimes like you write a book, like, 
I don't want to say none of this is about money. Like it's obviously, you know, it's all about money from a, um, you know, from a helping people and a financial perspective. And, um, but you know, a lot of the, you know, whether it's the merch store we joked about, I mean, literally, I mean, I could show you, it's like 10, 15 cents a thing. It has nothing to do with money, even the book. Like, and I remember you reached out to me, which I appreciate when you bought the book and you were like, Hey, is there a different way to buy it through Amazon? Cause Amazon takes whatever they take. I don't even know what it is. Like I get like a dollar a book, right? Like this is not about like, making a ton of money it's truly about helping people um same with like the cost for for coaching right like it it's it's impossible to um you know to have it be sort of zero right like Mm -hmm. at the end of the day it's my time um but it's it's as affordable as it could possibly be like this is truly about helping folks that that may not be able to afford help elsewhere um and and same with the book like this is sort of you know less about that i'm um, just at, at, at a different point in my life and i, I had to look that up what you're talking because i was like yeah i don't remember paying much for the book yeah i mean 60 16 uh paperback on amazon right now 17.99 regular price do you yeah of which i think it's like two dollars comes back to me like that's the way the whole math works with a ton of printing costs and the distribute right like this isn't you know it's i don't know like yeah could i guess it could be two dollars cheaper right and i could just break <laughs> even on it um but yeah no it's 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 about trying to make things as as reasonable as possible i i am gonna i'm gonna give you one quick thing somebody on here is selling a used copy that's probably dividend roots <laughs> i'm just kidding dividend roots is a good guy he's, he's he's a big supporter of the book I, I i was gonna say whoever's selling a used copy we will find you and we will make you keep it <laughs> <laughs> it might be my kids for that microphone I actually check my bookshelves and see if they've taken any from here. There, there we go. You are robbing Kevin's kids of the microphone by, by returning <laughs> the book. By, I, I say that. I mean, it, it's like buying a stock on the open market. If I buy Starbucks right now, Starbucks, they've already gotten the money for the stock. They don't see a penny of it now. Yeah. Which which we can do a whole other podcast on uh, what that means and how that affects social uh, responsible investing. You, by the way, you should, I'm gonna, you shouldn't edit a word of this. You should just really just let it roll. <laughs> that's that's actually what I've been doing like a lot. Like I I've been praising myself for this a lot. Like, I, I hate to say this, I do toot my own horn every now and then. I think I'm getting a lot better at this podcasting, YouTube, the whole shebang. Um, it's causing a lot more fights with my wife because part of getting better means that I realize that lighting is a thing. I have her couch lamp my lamp that i bought for my desk and then her bedside lamp all on my desk right now that's going to be a fight when she gets home in about an hour but she she, she doesn't understand god babe if you listen to this podcast i love you Um, (laughs) like i think that i'm getting a lot better at this and hey numbers numbers don't lie you guys seem to think i'm getting better at this too so editing has editing a one hour podcast has gone from a two to three hour thing into like an hour and a half thing so there might be a couple cuts I'll do from where I've like tripped over my words here and there, but oh, I agree with you. It's it's going very well. <laughs> I think I think always like I've only done a couple of these, but I always think I don't know. The more free flowing, the more normal the conversation, right? I don't know the better. That's something else. Again, if we're talking online, that's something else I had to learn. Um, the first like ten episodes of this podcast are basically me just staring at my question sheet on the second screen and going like, uh-huh, uh-huh. All right. Now, next up, I, the first maybe five, 10 episodes, I did not listen at all to what that other person said. I just had questions ready to go. <laughs> but hey, we're this episode 30 is going up next week. So we've come a long way. That's episode 30 of the probably like 50 that I've recorded. <laughs> So we, we've talked quite a bit about the book. Uh, I'm going to start putting a wrap on this because this this part usually gets edited out because this is not the first time I've had to do this. It is one o'clock, which means I have to clock back into work. I work from home, so we can keep talking, but I do have to clock back in. Um, we talked a lot about the book. I said I want to give away a copy. Um, Walking to Wealth. All right, real quick, I'm going to ask. I know you have your little guy, the little money bag. Does he have a name? He does not have a name. I'm gonna ask my kids. That's what I was gonna say. Not. What are your kids doing, man? Yeah, he does not have a name. You've got the little walking gif and like all the stuff. You put him in every single one of your memes. 
<laughs> I do. I try to I try to sometimes hide him in there, but he's been there. You walked him into hell today in the meme you posted. He was just in the background. He was strolling through. He was not he was not part of it. He was just seeing what was going on. All right. So before this goes live, I will need you to report back to what your kids say his name is. Um, <laughs> or you know what? Actually, let's do it like this. This might be kind of fun. Put down in the comments below or DM me on Twitter at FC what you think Kevin's little guy's name should be. Or 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 girl. Could be a girl. Or a girl, girl, that's told <laughs> I, I to be fair, I was using using universal heat. Um <laughs> What Kevin's little, I'm gonna call him, I'm gonna call it a doodle. What Kevin's little doodle, the his profile pic on X and I think Instagram too. Yeah. Whatever you think it should be, send me a DM and we'll we'll pick one and you'll get a free copy of the book. Yeah, that sounds great. God, I hope I hope somebody comes up with a good name. Um so then moving on then to kind of the wind down. We've pushed a lot of things. Kevin, where can we find you online? Sure. Uh, so best spot is probably my site, walkyoutowealth.com. I mean, basically it's walk you to wealth everywhere. Uh, so it's walk you to, I try to make it as simple as possible. Walk you to wealth.com on X walk at walk you to wealth on Instagram at walk you to wealth, um, on Facebook, but I don't use Facebook much. Um, only because it's connected to Instagram. Do I use it at all? Um, but yeah, walk you to wealth. And if you want a copy of the book, anywhere books are sold. Very good. No, no I'll, I, this is the deep cut, and if you say no, I'll edit it out. Did you listen to the full episode that I did with Dividend Dave on my on my channel? I, I did not, but I did. I saw that you said, I, <laughs> but I did see that you said on X that it was like your most ever TikTok views. Yes, yes, it I'm, was. I'm following. I'm following. Joseph. I don't hear every word, but I'm following. <laughs> well, I I, uh, I was specifically going to say. Um, on that on that podcast, you and I had just started talking about booking a time when Dave and I recorded, and I told Dave I was going to sign up for Amazon Associates because I knew this whole talk would be about the book, and I'm going to get that affiliate cut. <laughs> uh, full confession: I never signed up for Amazon Associates, <laughs> and there's a real chance that I forget to do it before this goes live. Um, so, what you see down there, the link to the book, walkingtowealth.com. That's all, Kevin. That's all him. The link to the book may or may not be an affiliate link. So there I'm gonna I'm gonna cover myself there. If it ends up being an affiliate link, I'll note it. I'll note it. So we can, you know, get paid, quote unquote. And for the record, also, I'm 99% sure that goes against Amazon's profit margin, not Kevin's. Yeah, I, I think so as well, but who cares? We'll cut you down from two dollars to a buck fifty. <laughs> All right. So that said, outside of your own book and your own services, what is the number one money resource you'd recommend? Oh, money resource is tough. I'll stick in the, in the, I'll stick with books for a second. I think, I think a book that doesn't get a lot of play, at least on like X and, and, and Instagram, et cetera. Um, I'm a big fan of Unshakable by Tony Robbins and Peter Malouk. Um, and I would never, think I would recommend a book by Tony Robbins. Um, but it's actually, it's a really good personal finance book that no one ever talks about. Um, and Peter Malouk is great. He's a good follow on, on X as well. So I would say that's a good book. Just does get a lot of play. And for me, it's, it's about sort of what resonates with you. Like that's a book that resonated with me. Like think and grow rich, never finished it. Like I thought it was just, it was terrible. Like I just, I, uh, richest man in Babylon finished it, but painful. Um, not for me. Now you can't go a day without seeing posts about both of those books, right? And so for me, it's a it's read as much as you can, consume as much as you can, right? Podcasts, etc. Um, I'm I'm more of an audiobook and and sort of I wouldn't say book, I'd say audiobook. My kids are always like, you don't read anything, you just listen to it. Uh, so they correct me all the time. But I read as much as I can, and some resonate, right? Like Think and Grow Rich, Random Walk Down Wall Street. I'm a fan of, and others just don't like Think and Grow Rich. And but you never know what's gonna resonate with you. So for me, it's like, just consume, consume as much as you can and then figure out what, what hits. Hey, love to hear. I'll have to look up Unshakable. I've, of course, I know who Tony Robbins is. I think most people in America know who he is by yeah. now. Marketing genius over there, I guess. Um, I'll, I'll have to give him a look. I've 
I've never engaged with anything that's written or even online content. So yeah, no, Unshakable is a good book. If nothing else, now that again, I'm I'm after this one, I'm looking for another one. I might be on Amazon here in a few minutes. <laughs> All right. So final question of the pod. What is next for Mr. The Meme King, Kevin, walking to wealth? Uh, what's next is I have a, a potential client meeting this afternoon. Uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, it's, it's the same. It's sort of just trying to help as many people as possible. Right. So that's why I appreciate you know, a chance like this to chat with you, you know, I t- we mentioned Tom, when I chat with Tom, I think it was a couple weeks ago, right? Like anytime you get a chance to sort of just put it out there that there's an option for folks, right? Hopefully they'll hear it and they'll say, oh, maybe, maybe this is someone that, that you want to work with. Um, so if, yeah, for me, it's continuing to meet with clients and just continuing to help people figure it out. Well, absolutely love to hear that. Love to hear the mission. And as always, thank you again, Kevin Walkie to Wealth with the A through Z after his after his name for coming on the podcast. Really enjoyed the talk. If you are on YouTube, please subscribe hit that bell notification. If you don't hit the bell, eh, we post 8 a.m. every Monday. You, you know that. Um, and uh, rate us five stars on, I know, Apple Podcasts. And apparently that's a thing on Spotify now. I just learned that like two days ago. You can rate podcasts on Spotify, which... Little, little shameful for me to not know that. But yeah, once again, thank you so much, Kevin. Thanks, Joseph.